All right, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk Michigan Edition. Jeff here. Dan, what's going on, dude? Uh, the sunshine's in the air, brother. I uh, At work today, I just had a little extra pep in my step because week zero is this weekend, and fantasy football, our, our draft Saturday, man, it's just, I can't wait to be on my fat ass for two days in a row watching football. Totally off topic. We didn't discuss this at all. What is week zero? Like, why is that a thing? That's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) I mean. I don't understand it. You know, you know, it's just the the week before really gets in the swing of things. And Michigan fans, as us Michigan fans, we really only kind of experienced it one time when they played uh, at Utah in 2015 on a Thursday. Yeah, it's just it's just super strange. Yeah, that's right. We did play. Yeah, on that Thursday night when Harbaugh came into town. Yeah, it's just a really weird. Like this is week zero. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. so these teams just don't matter. Which it is kind of funny that both the 13th ranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish and I think number six USC Trojans are both playing week zero, which is kind of fun. But mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, I mean, as far as Saturday goes, sitting on our ass drafting fantasy football and watching football, it's going to be uh, gorgeous weather, but I don't know if you've seen, like, high of, like, 77 or 78, mm-hmm. so it's going to be mm-hmm. textbook weather for us mm-hmm. um, when we get down on the single greatest fantasy football league in this area, easily. So, I'm you. Um, last week, we got together, linked up, did the Big Ten West. I got some positive reviews from it. People told me that they listened and they enjoyed it. Um, we're going to do a very similar thing this week. Uh, I'm going to kind of tell you how they did, how this big T- 10 East team did overall, um, how they did in the Big Ten. We'll talk about some notable games. We'll let you hit the uh, offseason acquisitions, losses, ads, all that crazy stuff. And we'll kind of go from there and then we'll, uh, we'll get out of here. But first, I want to talk about a couple of things. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, three-game suspension. Rumors came down that it was basically self-imposed. The university basically hits him with it. Ultimately, this this seems to be the ending solution. What are your opinions? I, I sure hope so. You know, by doing this, it's it's really to push back the NCAA and to hopefully show them that um, Michigan's taking this serious in a way. And and in hopes that they just kind of like, all right, you gave yourself a three game suspension. All right, we'll ride off into the sunset. And you hope they don't come back and like, yeah, three games was enough. So we'll add one more on to the next season or whatever. That's what you'd hope that doesn't happen. But um, three games should be enough. I mean, compared into which what else goes on around the NCAA, uh, that mafia organization. But um, yeah, it is what it is. And Jim Harbaugh's, I mean, he's going to be there during game prep practices all that stuff just won't be on the sidelines and so we'd assume that i don't think it's been announced yet but i would assume that sharon moore is going to be the interim for the first three yeah yeah just kind of an interesting uh just like timeline how everything kind of went down you started with rumors of jim harbaugh getting working with the ncaa on a three to six game suspension right or four to six game suspension then it kind of comes down oh actually they don't have enough right now to work this out. We're going to move on. No suspension at all. Two days later, Jim Harbaugh is looking at self-imposing a three-game 
university suspends him three games. It's just like a weird kind of timeline. Ultimately, I hate that it's a black eye on this season, but I said it a couple weeks ago when we talked. I don't think it was last week we talked about this. I think it was prior, but champagne problems. Your team's this good. I would rather us be in the news for this with a good football team than have our coach be scot-free, no issues whatsoever, not in the news, and we suck. So I don't really care at this point. I'm over it. Um, NIL news slash um, Michigan partnering news. They come up with a, a mega deal today. The Sports Illustrated headline says Michigan partners with mega brand in first of its kind deal. Uh, the bike Peloton. So if you, I mean, this this bike came kind of, I don't want to say it got, became popular, but it definitely got massive during COVID with people um, working out at home and things like that. But it sounds like Michigan's going to partner with Peloton, put these bikes all over the place, all over the facilities, um, the training facilities, the uh, the sidelines this year. And obviously with that, they're saying there's going to be potential NIL opportunities. Opinions on this? I literally told you about this right before we went on air. Yeah, I didn't know anything about it. So you said something. I, uh, I mean, I think it's pretty cool. Hopefully this does, you know, keep adding to the NIL situation in Ann Arbor because Michigan's not the greatest, but they're not the worst. And uh, we obviously see that, you know, programs like Miami is just throwing dollar bills and well, not just dollar bills, but throwing bags at that recruits and, you know, getting them on campus. So hopefully, you know, stuff like this keeps continuing to happen to uh, make it more appealing, but uh, really cool. And hopefully one day I can get myself a Michigan themed Peloton. I'll buy one. Yeah. Um, one more thing before we kind of move on to the Big Ten, kind of college football pop culture these days, if you will. Have you had a minute to watch Manziel on Netflix? I have. I just watched it recently. Did you? So I guess my without giving away the documentary for everybody, because first off, I say this, I've seen my fair share. I don't think I've seen every single sports documentary known to man. But I, I watch my fair share of stuff, especially topics that I feel like I live during. And obviously, my fandom of college football takes place completely during the, the Manziel era. There were a couple of things that I just took away from this. But the biggest thing I take away is what's the difference between Johnny Manziel openly admitting to earning hundreds of thousands of dollars via illegal autographs and Reggie Bush's mom taking a couple hundy under the table. Like, what's the opinion? Do you have an opinion on that? I know I'm kind of just putting this on you here. We didn't talk about this. Do you have an opinion on Reggie Bush not having his Heisman Trophy winner, his Heisman Trophy, because he supposedly took money, his mom took money or whatever, but Manziel still has his. He'll still be on stage presenting the Heisman. There's been no talk of taking this, even though it is now on air on Netflix. He admits to taking a lot of money. Mm -hmm. What's your opinions? Yeah, I don't know. I just, I guess, I guess not every situation is the same. Maybe, and just like with the NCAA violation things, it's like one one school gets punished harder than the other. There's no black on black and white. But, uh, but yeah, after watching that, yeah, I don't really. I don't really have a comment, I guess, between, you know, comparing the two, but I just think that it's silly to look at it now because what's illegal then is now legal now, but, or, yeah, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. Overall, what'd you think of the doc? 
good, bad, indifferent? I liked it. It. Um, I didn't. I didn't think. I thought when uh, he did the uh, the autograph thing, I thought it was like a one time deal in some hotel room. I didn't realize that they were, you know, going from uh, state to state all off season doing it. I never. I completely missed that part. But I, I thought it was like a one time deal. As they did it like for a couple hours in a Marriott. I didn't think it was going to be four time zones. Yeah, I mean it. The thing is, is the allegations, the one they got him suspended for, what, a half? That yeah. was the hotel situation where they thought they had him, and it turns out, you know, his buddy <laughs> makes up what's widely known that his parents come from oil money, which is a complete fabricated lie. I thought that was one of the best parts of the whole doc. Because oh, yeah. Yeah. we all believed that. Yeah. That became, like, national, like, what's the word? I'm going to use the word folklore now, but, like, at the time, that was like Bible. Like, oh yeah, Johnny's parents are just rich. Don't worry about it. That's a, it was just a fabricated lie. I think that's wild, honestly. It, I thought it was. I thought it was really funny that Kevin Sumlin had a uh, rule about freshmen talking with the media. So Johnny Manziel literally didn't have to do jack shit, but go out and ball. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I thought. Uh, I, I I thought. Before we move on, I really I thought that like Manziel, you know, he had, obviously was just a partier. You'd say he had a drinking problem, drug problem, whatever. But I felt like um, I don't know what how to explain it. I don't know. It just um, I thought maybe sometimes it was a little exaggerated. I guess on his part. Well, well I mean, it, it's it's very apparent that he did not love football. He loved what football gave him the opportunity to do yeah you know so anyways we'll move on um we'll talk some uh talk some big 10 east here so very similar to how brad and i do division breakdowns very similar to how we did last week's west division we're gonna go worst to worst to first here um so that means we're starting with ruckers all right uh ruckers finished the season four and eight overall one and eight in the Big Ten. They lost their last five games. So really an abysmal season. Uh, this is a team, weirdly enough, two years ago gave Michigan a fight at the big house um, during the 2021 season. I, You know, I always think they're coached pretty well having um, Greg Schiano at the helm. But ultimately, Rutgers still bad. What's your opinions on them? Ads, likes, whatever. So, so uh, like last year, uh, to, to – to branch off on that as well. Offense was barely above 17 points a clip. Defense gave up almost 30 points a game, so that was pretty terrible. To, to were rough to get. Uh, they haven't had a winning season since 2014. Uh, they only, I mean, they're returning seven defensive starters, and they got a decent linebacking course. So there's a little, little something to hang their hat on there. But on their losses. They, they lost 58% of their wide receiving production and yardage and 63% of their touchdowns. According to Athlon Sports, they lost six-year senior quarterback Noah Virgil. Uh, their key additions, they're getting two defensive backs from the portal, uh, Eric Rogers from Northern Illinois and Michael Dixon from Minnesota. Uh, Kirk uh, Sriracha, a offensive coordinator, he's also coming from Minnesota. And he was here with Greg Schiano, uh during his first stint here with Ray Rice and all that stuff uh, going on. So, uh, yeah, it's about as brief as you can get with them. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, the weird thing is, and it remains to be seen, because what has Shiano been there two years now? I want to say it's been at least three, four, maybe. Really? Yeah, I could be wrong. Well, you know, in the the late, I mean, I call it the late 2000s, like the 2007, 8, 9, 10 range, that's when he coached Ray Rice, the McCourty twins, Logan Ryan, uh, Jerron Harmon, dudes that he was putting in the NFL that seemed like Bill Belichick was drafting damn near all of them. Um, he had good defensive players coming out of there, some solid offensive talent. Obviously, Ray Rice, prior to his his off-the-field situation, was a really good running back in the NFL. It seemed like he had some dudes and had a, a, a squad there that was, like, competitive. Rutgers has been bad for quite a while now, and it just seems like he hasn't quite got this team turned around either. Maybe he's outdated at this point. There's a good chance that's possible. Or maybe it just, unfortunately... Rutgers just isn't a program to build with. Well, uh, real quick too, I, I know I know uh, I don't want to pull the momentum here. So uh, let's see here. I'm trying to figure out when the hell his freaking first year was there. He, I mean, he was his first run. He was with Rutgers for for a long uh, for a long time. All right. So his first year at Rutgers in 2001, he went two and. I'll just tell you the the win total all the way up till we get to the good stuff. Yeah, so hit it. Hit it. That's 2001. Fine. Two wins, 2002, one win, 03, five wins, 04, four wins, 05, seven wins, 06, 11 wins, 07, eight wins, uh, 2008, eight wins, 2009, nine wins, 2010, four wins, and then 11, 12, nine wins. So he had a, he had a nice stretch there for sure. So I just pulled it up too. So basically right where I said, 2006, seven, eight, nine, that was literally peak where he was putting in, like I said, Ray Rice, the McCourty twins, Logan Ryan, Deron Harmon. I mean, there was some NFL talent there, guys that went on to win Super Bowls. Um, so he coaches them till 11 and obviously leaves. So he came back in 2020. So this is going to be his fourth season. He did make the bowl two years ago. But ultimately, this has been... I would say a failed second second tenure. What do you think? Or do you think it needs time? Because his first tenure took one, two, three, four, call it five years to be decent. I don't think this one's going to work out because, first of all, he was in the Big East on that first run. Yep, yep. And in today's college football, NIL, the the playoff, the the mergers, everything like that, I think Rutgers is just kind of going to be a loss in the shuffle. And – uh you know, every five, ten years, they might have a team that can push for maybe eight, nine wins max. But I just think that they're just going to be thrown to the wolves here. And uh, unless they switch conferences, I think that's where they're going to be. I think they're just cannon fodder at this point. Do you think it's a situation where maybe it's a Pat Fitzgerald that Greg Schiano just doesn't get fired because he's just he's been there for so long? It's just a kind of an understanding that like Rutgers isn't going to compete at the highest level every couple of years. They'll be bowl eligible. Or, or is you this know, a situation where Rutgers maybe moves on eventually? I mean, I don't know. I think, I think if I don't think he would get fired, I think it would be a a, a mutual parting of the ways, re- resignation, something like that. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's a lot different now. And, and and real quick too, looking at that 06 season where they went 11 and two, Ray yeah. Rice, 20 rushing touchdowns and 1800 rush yards. 
and uh, he was good, but I didn't know he was. I don't remember him being that good. That's uh, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll talk about their schedule real quick. There's there's a lot of automatic losses on here, in my opinion. Um, they play VTech week three. There's another Big Ten we just talked about last week that plays VTech. Hang on here. I'm going to pull it right up. Illinois, I think. Illinois. Yeah, that's interesting that VTech plays two different. Purdue. No, it's Purdue. Purdue and Rutgers back-to-back weeks. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. That's interesting. Um, But anyway, so Rutgers has has a pretty tough schedule here. They got. Virginia Tech at home, uh, at Michigan, at Wisconsin, home against the Buckeyes, at Iowa, at Penn State. I mean, this is this is brutal. How, how many wins you got them for? I off the top of my head, I see two that I like. There's another two that are coin flips. What's their over under? Two and a half. Three and a half. Under. Three wins. I got them three and nine, and the the three wins I got them for is Northwestern. Okay, same. Uh, Temple. You haven't beaten Temple. Okay. Was, I mean, who knows? I mean, that, I mean yeah, it. it's at um, home. The only thing is, is I do like Gavin Wimsett, the quarterback. I mean, he's not like going to light the world on fire, but he's been in the program for a few years. Now, their next game that they win, and before they go on a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven game bender. Is the Wag- Wagner Seahawks. Now, when I did when I did uh, research for my episode on the, on the, on their breakdown, I'm like, who the hell's Wagner? So the Wagner Seahawks are from Staten Island, New York, an FCS program. I'm like, there's no way in hell Rutgers can lose to a team from Staten Island. Well, time out here. Okay, I was just checking. Did you, did you happen to look at their record last year or no? Probably like one in eleven. They were one in ten. They played at Rutgers last year. What do you think the score was? They lost the game. Hint. Forty-five thirty. Sixty-six to seven. Oh Jesus! <laughs> no Rutgers. Yeah. Oh. Holy cow! All right. <laughs> So yeah, that's an easy win. <laughs> Holy cow! Oh, it just—you know—I always think about stuff like this. Like, if Michigan were to play this game, how many could they score in the first quarter? Like, <laughs> but, uh, oh goodness! But, but real quick, looking at the schedule, like when the Big Ten conference got together and whoever did the schedule, they're like, they're just sitting there rubbing their chins and like, who the hell are we gonna bone this year? And they're like, you know what? It's gonna be Rutgers. I mean, at Wisconsin, Michigan State, at Indiana, okay, whatever, but Ohio State, at Iowa, at Penn State, and then Maryland. Like, that is that is atrocious. Oh, my God. Truthfully, I think they play the four best teams in the Big Ten. Oh, yeah. Um, there's an argument. For the five best teams to yeah. get, yeah, there's there is a sure as hell argument here. If Rutgers they, if Rutgers gets full eligible, I I'll jump in shark infested waters. There's no, that. it's not happening. It's not happening. Yeah. Anything else on Rutgers? 
No, sir. All right, we're going to move on to the Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, they went four and eight last year, um, two and seven in in the Big Ten, and they lost their last game. So nothing crazy there. Um, take it away. Yeah, so last year they won three September games before dropping seven in a row. Tom Allen went 14-7 and seven over 2019 and 2020, won the Big Ten Coach of the Year, the COVID year. They are 6-18 and 18 cents, so they need a spark. They're losing quarterback Connor Bazelak. He's transferring to Bowling Green. Now, I forgot to write, to write this down after I did my preview on this because I, there's a reason why he went to Bowling Green, and it's either familiarity with the coach there or he's from Bowling Green area, something like that. But there's there's something that's drawn him to be um, – they're also losing their backup quarterback, Jack Tuttle, to Michigan. And for their key additions, I think overall there's like some 20-some transfers. But Tam and Jack. One of their but, best players, A.J. Barner, going to Michigan as well. True, true that too. But um, Tam and Jackson, he's a quarterback from Tennessee. He's originally from the state of Indiana. So uh, we've got an SEC quarterback here, I guess. Um, Christian Turner. Former Michigan guy, he transferred to Wake Forest. Now he's back uh, in the Big Ten at Indiana. He'll be entering his sixth year. And then Andre Carter from Western Michigan, he had 14 sacks over five seasons. So he got uh, a pass rusher. And uh, before I hand it off to you for the, the schedule, they are over under at three and a half. So the one thing I said on the last schedule, and I realized how stupid it was after I thought about it, Every single team we go over is, in my opinion, they're going to play the top three Big Ten teams. Unless your name is Michigan, Ohio State, or Penn State, they're all the rest of these guys have to play, in my opinion, the three best Big Ten teams. And yeah. then it just so happened that Rutgers had to play Iowa, So, and I think Iowa's fourth. But um, it, it just goes to show you how much a gauntlet the East division is, truthfully. Mm. And I'm sure we'll talk about that throughout, but – yeah, so Indiana obviously opens up with Ohio State, which is kind of fun. Um, it does seem like Ohio State has played these uh, Big Ten team openers a few different times over the last couple of years, not just the COVID year, just a few different times. So they kind of get a Big Ten game out of the way. Um, and I think a part of that has to do with the fact that Ohio State's going to play Notre Dame a couple weeks later. So that I think that factors in. But Ohio State, Indiana State, who they should beat there, then they play what's quote-unquote a neutral site game. But truthfully, it's probably an hour-and-a-half drive for both teams. Um, Indiana's going to play at the Colts Stadium, Lucas Oil. They're going to play Louisville. So the Louisville Cardinals come to town. Louisville's not too far from there, a couple-hour drive. Um, Akron Zips come to town. They'll, I mean, probably should beat them. At Maryland, who I, I like personally, I don't love, but I like. At Michigan, seems like a loss. Uh, Rutgers, they, they can beat, definitely beat Rutgers. That's homecoming for them. At Penn State, which is super tough. Home against Wisconsin. And then their, their, their last three, if they have any fight left in them, I think they're decent games. At Illinois, home against Michigan State, at Purdue. So if they were trying to make some sort of a bowl game push, beating Indiana, Akron, and maybe Rutgers, that would give them three wins. They'd obviously have to try and close out hard against those three, but ultimately I don't have high hopes for Indiana. No, they're going to be essentially cannon fodder to Ohio State next weekend. Um, you know, Indiana State, Akron for sure. 
Rutgers. I think that's going to be a win, but it could be it could go either way. It could be a flip of a coin. And uh, just like Rutgers, they have a pretty tough schedule at Penn State. I mean, Maryland, Michigan on the road, Oz, Illinois on the road. They, uh, they just got a bad draw. You're in the East, and that's pretty much pretty much like the bottom half of this division is just is just stuck where they're at. So uh, two and ten, I wouldn't be surprised, but um, I'll be gracious enough to give them three and nine. Yeah, what you just said, the, the bottom half of this division has an absolute uphill battle. It just, just every week, truthfully. Um, one thing that I, I, I've been noticing, and I, and I haven't, I don't think I brought it up last week, and I know I haven't brought it up yet, so I will now. Um, if you don't follow off-season Big Ten news, this off-season, the Big Ten basically revamped a lot of their TV schedules your games are not going to be on your traditional channels every single week like they were last year. Like maybe they were on Fox and then maybe they're on NBC. They're going to be all over the board. So truthfully, if you're a fan of the Big Ten and you're trying to watch Big Ten football, there's a chance you're on CBS slash Paramount. There's a chance you're on NBC slash Peacock. There's a chance that you're on Fox. There's a chance you're on Big Ten Network. There's a chance that I think you're still either on ESPN or ABC. I think that's still a possibility. Um, so just be on the lookout. If obviously when you're trying to, you know, schedule your Saturday, your weekend off to watch football, just know that there's a chance it's going to be on some channel that you maybe don't typically watch, or maybe have to download Peacock. I know that every Big Ten team, Big Ten team has at least one game exclusive to Peacock this year, if I'm not mistaken. Like you can't even watch it on NBC; you'd have to watch it on Peacock. So something <laughs> to uh, keep in mind. Well, I just I, I just upgraded my my Peacock whatever because I had like the 4.99 version. Now I'm at the 5.99 version of balling. Uh, and the only yeah. reason why, the only reason why I did that is so me and the kids could watch the new Mario movie. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go, there you go. Um, anything else on Indiana? I know we kind of shit on him and talked a little Big Ten there, but I mean, you guys got a nice stadium. Jeff and I both been to Bloomington. It's it's nice there. Yeah, it was a hell of a time, too, truthfully. Hell of a time. Hope to go back someday, maybe even for basketball. But ultimately, your football team is uh, light years behind as of today. So let's talk about another football program that really uh, is light years behind. Uh, Michigan State, 5-7 and seven last year, 3-6 and six in the Big Ten. Uh, this team is still trying to find the momentum that it had in 2021 with Kenneth Walker. And I think it's a fair argument that while Mel Tucker comes in in 2020 and beats Michigan, has a bad year, but beats Michigan. In 2021, he comes in, beats Michigan again, but he has Kenneth Walker. He hasn't really found lightning in a bottle. I mean, he had a bad year, a Kenneth Walker year, and another bad year. It's shaping up to be another one. I'll let you take this away with ads, losses, stuff like that. This team has been uh, anywhere but in positive news. Yeah, so Michigan State, it's it's a pivotal year for uh, year four for Mel, uh, seven L Mel. But uh, they got a quarterback shakeup. You know, Peyton Thorne transfers to Auburn. They uh, lose their arguably their best player in uh, Keon Coleman. He transferred to Florida State and. When I remember, he was on a podcast and basically said that the transfer was solely based on NIL. Um, their offensive line and defensive line could be their strengths. I mean, 
I said it before, you know, back to the D'Antonio days, the line of scrimmage and, and their front seven is where they thrive. Uh, Jacoby Whitman's back. He's, he's going to be a standout. And, uh, you know, they're entering 2023 here with trying to improve near dead last rated secondary the last two seasons have been absolutely awful. Like you go back to the 2021 game against Ohio state, it was 49, nothing at halftime or something like that. 42, nothing like they're awful. And Scotty, Scotty Hazleton's still there. They're, they're, uh, their coach for that. So hopefully they can, I not hopefully, because I hope these guys get blown out every week, but for their sake, they hope they improve that area. Um, now on additions, they bring in Nathan Carter. He's a running back from Connecticut. Jared Magnum, also from uh, also running back, he's from South Florida and previously Colorado, 1,200 yards, 23 TDs in four years. Um, 15 of those touchdowns came his junior year. Um, and then I'm going to butcher this dude's name, but Tunmize Adelele, a former five-star edge. He um, was in the 2021 class, committed to Texas A&M. Now he's in East Lansing. So they got a couple pass rushers and Woodman and this kid. So... Uh, you know, that you're, if they coach this kid up, you know, maybe they might have something there. And uh, as I hand the schedule off to you, their over-under is five and a half. So a second ago, I was just talking about Big Ten scheduling, TV channels, things like that. This this team specifically is pretty pivotal. Um, game one, they're going to play on a Friday night next weekend. Uh, they're at home against Central Michigan. That's very uh, on brand for Michigan State to open on a Friday night. These last couple of years, they've been doing that. This game is at 7 o'clock, FS1. Um, so kind of a different channel than what you're maybe used to. Week two, they should easily get a W to start 2-0 and against Richmond. Uh, so they, they're going to probably beat Central Michigan. They're going to beat the Richmond Spiders. Uh, I don't know how bad or or not bad they are. Third game of the year, though, is a banger. Um the 2-0 Spartans, in my opinion, are going to be at home hosting the number 10 Washington Huskies. That one comes at 5 p.m. on Peacock. Um, I'm high on Washington. I think they're they're solid. I know you were huge on them last year. I, I'm sure that momentum is carrying in for a future Big Ten team. Uh, we'll get back to that game in a second. Actually, you know what? Take it away. What do you think about Washington? Where do you think they fall here? I really, I really like them. I like Michael Penix Jr. Talked about him last year, and I kind of rode the wave. You know, I rode their hype train, and then they kind of tapered off, and then they picked it back up again. But, uh, you know, he's back for, I think, his fifth year, sixth year. I don't know, but he's he's, uh, he's well, well endowed. I was about to say well endowed. I don't know what the hell that means. You know what I mean, though. He is uh, well-rounded and uh, should be poised for a, a solid game. He diced them up last year, and I don't see why he can't do it again. So at this point, if they are able to knock off Washington um, at home, Washington probably being ranked three and zero, Michigan State would probably find themselves in the top twenty-five. If I had to guess, they would then have their fourth straight home game against Maryland. Maryland, obviously, to his younger brother, um, still there. I mean, this team has been well, pretty well coached and pretty good offensively. They take them on at Peacock again. But then week five, they go at uh, Iowa in Kinnick. By week at Rutgers. I'm just seeing this. I don't think this is out yet. I'm, I'm following FBS schedules. Do you, are you, do you use them? I, I did look at that, and they 
might know something that the rest of the country doesn't know because a lot of their times that they have set there are are obviously listed and then when you go to ESPN they're not listed. So when you're about to say what I think you're about to say with the Michigan game, that might say seven thirty, but if you go to ESPN, we don't know yet. This has been heavily speculated that it will be a night game though. Heavily yes. speculated. And that is what I was about to say. They have the Michigan game October twenty first. It's a home game for for Michigan State. Um it's listed as a seven thirty Peacock game. So Again, that's been the heavy rumors. Uh, you know, that, that game will be heavily anticipated with everything that happened last year with the tunnels, and it's going to be interesting with fans coming to town, um, Michigan fans coming into East Landfill, East Landfill after last year. It'll be, it'll be interesting. But if it is at night, it could be a barn burner. Mm. Um, after that, they're going to Halloween weekend. They're at Minnesota. Home against Nebraska at Ohio State. That game's on Peacock as well, okay, uh, at Indiana. And then their last game of the year, kind of an interesting one. Rather than hosting Penn State, this is going to be a quote-unquote neutral site, even though it's in their backyard. Game's going to be at Ford Field. So you got uh, the Lions Stadium there, Ford Field in Detroit, Michigan. They're going to host the Penn State Nitty Lions uh, last game of the year, also on Peacock. So as of today... Based off of this, we have one, two, three, four, five games on Peacock for them. So if you're a Michigan State fan, probably spend the $4.99, $5.99, get yourself some Peacock. Um, but, yeah, t- tough schedule, honestly. And they play a lot of night games. And part of this, I mean, no, no disrespect, Ben, to Michigan State. I'm just speaking the facts here. They're going to play very little noon games. This seems to be a... It's just one of those mid-market teams where, unfortunately, if, if they want people to view them, it's going to have to be late at night on a Friday at Peacock on a Saturday night. It's just like, unless they have a big-time opponent, these games are, these are what they are. Mm-hmm. What do you think on Michigan State? You have What was the over-under, five and a half? Five and a half. I got them going six and six. One, they- two, three. <clears throat> Four. I have four wins for sure. Mm-hmm. There's only three coin flips. I don't think they win two of the three. All right. So I think this. I think Michigan State is going to come down to because just like kind of Ohio State, they they still don't know who their quarterback is. It's really between Noah Kim and Kaden Hauser. Now, listen to one of, the, of these Big Ten podcasts and. Uh, one of the analysts on there was saying that he knows Kate Hauser, one of these guys, he coached it with him or knows a kid personally and hyping him up and saying that, you know, don't sleep on him, whatever. If either one of these quarterbacks can come anywhere near like Connor Cook or Kirk Cousins, this team's going to go places. But if not, I think it's just going to be middle of the road, uh, tough out for some. But um, Central Michigan, Richmond, um, Maryland, because that's their homecoming game. I think they can pull that off. And with Maryland, we'll get to in a second. But Maryland is got Tago. I got a lot of hope for Maryland. But at the same time, they lost their best wide receiver. Uh, they lost uh, three-fifths of their offensive line. And like I just said, Michigan State's strength is their D-line or one of them. 
Uh, Rutgers is the other one. Uh, Nebraska, you can say that may be a toss-up for me, but I feel like they could probably upset those guys at home. And then uh, on the road to Indiana. Um, I do have them losing to Penn State at Ford Field, though. Yeah, I mean, for me, their three coin flip games were, I believe, Indiana, Maryland, and Minnesota. I think those are my three coin flip games for them. One second. Sorry, I'm toggling between seasons here. I'm trying to prove, I was trying to prove my point. So hang on here. So let's see. We got, yeah, at Indiana, I think it's a win. But there are three coin flips, Nebraska, Minnesota, and Maryland. Okay, Nebraska, Minnesota, Maryland. They played two of those teams last season. Okay, their mm-hmm. game against Minnesota, 34-7 to loss. Their game at Maryland, 27-13 loss. The game that I think they're going to win is Indiana. Last year, two overtimes, 39-31 loss. I don't know. I I just don't. I'm not giving them these coin flip games. I think they win one, not that two. Therefore, I I have my guess at four wins, five wins. But they're definitely not. I don't think they'll be over. Maybe they're better than I think they are, though. You know what I mean? Maybe they've brought right. in enough transfers that'll get the job done. But as of right now, I just right. Well, we'll definitely. I mean, September 16th, we'll definitely see how good they are when they gotta play a top 10 team. So. Yeah, yeah. And they lost that game last year at Washington. It'll be interesting hosting them coming off what I believe to be two victories. So we'll see. Uh, moving on to Maryland. Anything else on Michigan State? Negative. Okay. Oh, good old Maryland. Last year they went eight and five. Okay. And in the Big Ten, even though they were eight and five, they were four and five in the Big Ten. So not great. All of their losses come in the Big Ten. They only take care of a couple of wins. Um, this is honestly a better football team half they finish some of these games. I want to quickly recap some of their 2022. Because um, I do think that this is a kind of like a – they're not going to beat Penn State. They're not going to beat Ohio State. They're not going to beat Michigan as far as like in the standings. But I do yeah. think that this is a tough out. I don't know how you view them, but – so last year they beat Buffalo, Charlotte, SMU. They lose to Michigan State. I'm sorry. They lose to Michigan. They beat Michigan State. They lose to Purdue in a close one. Probably shouldn't have lost that. They beat Indiana, Northwestern, and then they lose a bunch of games at Wisconsin, at Penn State, Ohio State. Those are all fair, I guess. They beat Rutgers. They beat NC State. So truthfully, have they not lost the Wisconsin, Penn State, Ohio State game? I guess they did play the three hardest teams in the Big Ten, and then they lost two other ones. I mean, it's tough to beat them up for it, but at the same time, I I do think that they have some teams on upset alert. I I truly believe that. Um, They took Michigan to one score. They took Ohio State to 13 points, but I believe that game was a seven-point game in the fourth quarter, if I'm not mistaken. Um, They did get shut out by Penn State pretty bad, but I don't know. I, I have high hopes for Maryland. Take it away. Yeah, so coming off, or excuse me, entering the season, uh, Talia Tagovola is already the all-time school leader in passing yards. So, uh, poised for a final final go around. Um, Mike Loxley, the head coach, that's pretty much his best season, eight and five. They, uh, I just said three fifths. They actually lost four of their five offensive lines, so that's going to be huge. Their Roman Hemby, their tailbacks back. 
Um, their defense is going to be kind of like a complete reset. A lot of new faces. Uh, Rakeem Jarrett, their best wide receiver, in my opinion, and he signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They bring in transfers galore. A lot to fill on the a lot of, lot to fill the gaps on the offense. Um, defensive tackle Jordan Phillips from Tennessee. Jaquan Shepard, who played four years at Cincinnati, will help in the back end. Safety, he's a safety. Uh, Josh Gaddis, former Michigan offensive coordinator, is there. Uh, Kevin Sumlin was we talked about him earlier with the Johnny Manziel doc. He is going to be there as a uh, co-offensive coordinator. So we've got two offensive minds there. It's going to be interesting to see how they how they play all that out. And he, I think he was just the head coach for the Houston Gamblers in the USFL. So um, I didn't realize that Kevin Sumlin found himself over in Maryland. Yeah, so it's 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 going to be pretty interesting to watch. Um, he's he's got a pretty nice track record with quarterbacks. Yeah, and you know, like you said, like they went eight and five last year. Again, like if they played, if they redid that schedule a little bit and played in the West, they probably play Michigan in the Big Ten championship game. Um, and then as I hand it off to you for the schedule, their over under is seven and a half. I think they can hit that, but we'll see. Week one, they got Townsend Tigers. Never heard of them. They'll crush them. Uh, they got Charlotte week two, the Charlotte 49ers. They'll beat them. Virginia week three at home feels like a win. Um, don't know much about Mar- uh, Virginia, not going to lie. Clemson usually has no issue with them. So, I mean, Clemson and Maryland aren't the same, but still. Uh, week four is at Michigan State. I do think they're better than Michigan State at this current time. Week five, home against Indiana. I think that this at this point, I think we're looking at a 5-0 football team, probably ranked, where they head to Columbus week six. Uh, current time on the FBS schedule says 12 or 3.30, and I think that's probably because if this is a ranked matchup, it's probably a uh, big noon kickoff at noon. Uh, they try to seal the, the bigger matchups there. And they got Illinois, who Illinois obviously had a pretty good season last year. I could see them dropping both of these games. Um, but Illinois is at home, so that's in their benefit. Bye week, they'll beat Northwestern, and then it kind of gets really tough for them here. Uh, Penn State comes to town. They travel to Nebraska late in the season, where I think Nebraska will have some things figured out. They'll kind of have maybe start to have an identity. And at this point, they're still trying to play for what I think is going to be a turned around program. That'll be a tough outing. Uh, Michigan comes to town. So literally they get Penn State and Michigan in three weeks. That's really tough. Close the season at Rutgers, which they should win there. I mean, I like them in all, but for sure they're not winning three of their games. I like them in the rest, except for maybe one. So give me one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, in at least one coin flip, you said it was seven and a half? Seven and a half. They're right there on the teeter-totter, man. It's really, do you think they're going to beat at least one of Illinois and Nebraska? I think they could possibly beat them both, and uh, I have them at 8-4. Wow. So you really, so time out, you had them losing to Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, and who else? I got them losing to Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn oh. State, uh, Michigan. Please, they're beating Michigan State. Like, I, like we just said, I did. Michigan State's got a homecoming that night, and again with the, the whole I'm I'm on this whole kick with the the line of scrimmage, and you lose a lot of that. And anytime I think this Maryland team is going to be facing a, a strong front, 
Right? It's going to pose problems. Um, and obviously, if your name is Tagovola, you got problems staying healthy. So if this if, if Tago can't stay healthy and he's in and out of the lineup because he's getting banged up back there, I think this is going to be a long season. But if he stays healthy, and of course, when I'm doing my predictions, that's assuming he's everyone's healthy for the most yeah. part. And so, yeah, I think 8-4 is doable, but, I mean, they're not going to be easy by no stretch. But, um, but yeah. Um, anything else on Maryland? Yeah, real quick, too, uh, uh, to a side, little, little nugget here. The last two times Maryland's played in Columbus, Ohio State has outscored them 139-31. to So, uh, yeah. Cow. Yeah. <clears throat> well, <laughs> Take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> Holy cow. Um, all right, we're, we're, we're in some big boy football now. We're on to Penn State. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, let's see here. Penn State, 11 and 2. 7 and 2 in the Big Ten. Okay. Um, they won their bowl game last game of the year, too, as well. Their only losses. Michigan, Ohio State, both teams made the college football playoff. I mean, Penn State was the most, in my opinion, the most underrated team in the country last year. Um, they did not play their best game against Michigan. They had a very good first quarter, maybe even first 18 to 19 minutes, and then they it was really downhill from there. Um, Penn State, or uh, Ohio State, on the other hand, they played so good against them at home, but I mean, I forget his name, the defensive end for Ohio State, JT, I think is something. JT Tumala. Literally had one of the greatest defensive efforts in the history of football. Um, and they, they take a loss there. They almost beat Ohio State, though. It, it was a very close game. So Penn State is definitely on the up and up as long as things continue for them. What do you have for ads and, and, and losses? I think this is a, this is a big time team. Yeah, so they lose Sean Clifford. Uh, he counted for 10,000 yards and 86 touchdowns as a line. You know, he was there for like 35 years. But um, key addition, it's really my, my key loss. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, for the additions, though, Dante Sivas, he's a wide receiver from Kent State. Saw production, nothing like too flashy. But they, they do return 14 starters. Uh, Kalen King, one of the nation's best defensive backs, will be there. Um, solid linebacking core. Katron Allen and Nicholas Singleton, um, you know, a lot of Penn State fans, a lot of people think that that running back duo is better than Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. I don't think so. Uh, they did combine for 2,000 yards and 22 touchdowns. And so uh, we'll see. I mean, Michigan had its way with Saquon Barkley one year, and then the following year, Barkley had his way with Michigan. So, um, you know, we'll see how James Franklin coaches them up. But, uh, yeah. Oh, and Drew Aller, former five-star quarterback, is uh, is calling the plays now. So, uh yeah, and as I hand the schedule off to you, nine and a half is the over/under. Yeah, that's a lot. That is a lot, and it feels like they can hit it because last year, obviously, they hit eleven. So, uh, week one open up with West Virginia at home, and I think a whiteout. The whiteout is the Iowa game. Okay, okay. Thank you for clarifying that. Uh, so they do have West Virginia at home, though, at night. Um, that'll place will be rowdy. They got Delaware, the Blue Hens, week two. They'll beat them. Um, week three at Illinois should beat them. 
this Iowa game is the big one. Um, they feel better than Iowa for me. Mm. And I do believe that Iowa probably drops this game as one of their only losses on the season. Uh, at Northwestern, they'll take care of business. They'll play UMass, weirdly enough, in the middle of their schedule. They'll destroy them. Um, at Ohio State, man, that's a coin flip. I, I personally think Penn State can easily win that game. They they feel like the disrespected team here. Obviously, Ohio State's getting a lot of street cred because of what they've been able to do with quarterbacks. If there's any chance that Ohio State's quarterback room isn't what we think it is, Penn State can win this game. Uh, home against Indiana at Maryland. Home against Michigan will be there for that. Home against Rutgers at Michigan State, the Ford Field game we just spoke about on Peacock. This is a tough schedule, but truthfully, I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine wins without trying. Their over-under is nine and a half. Yes. Yep. Does that include bowl games? No. I, you know what? I don't think so. I don't think that's assumed. That's a good question, but I, I obviously only did the regular season myself, so I think that's just regular season. Okay. I was going to say, because if it's with a bowl game, I like my chances. Right. Because they get, they'd they only have to win one of the Michigan-Ohio State-Iowa bowl game. Of I don't three. do that because I don't think it's not guaranteed. So what's guaranteed is the regular season schedule. And I think they just base it off that. Okay. Gotcha. That would make sense. Yeah, no, I, I, like, uh, I like Penn State's chances this year of being a very good team. They're unfortunately last year they were two years too soon. This year they're going to be one year too soon. They need a 12 team playoff really badly because Michigan and Ohio State still stand in their way. Yeah, that's just the facts. Well, I uh, the only thing I can out you know out really add else to this is that game against Ohio State. To me, right now as we talk about this in August. It was really intriguing because both have questions at quarterback. Is Drew Raller going to be living to the hype? Is Devin Brown or Kyle McCord for State going to be living to the hype? And, uh, you know, Ohio State's got a lot of love right now because it's, you kind of touched on it a second ago. Are we just going to assume that Ohio State just rolls in another quarterback in there that's automatically good? Do we just assume that, you know? And I don't think you can, you know, as a realist. So I guess by the end of September – beginning of October, we'll really find out what these two teams are made of, especially on offense. And, you know, we'll see who, uh, who wins this game. And I think the uh, defense is good enough to uh, at least get them 10 and two. So I got them losing to uh, Michigan and Ohio state winning everything else. Yeah. Like I said, they're just, uh, they need that 12 team playoff really badly. Uh, Ohio state, you ready? Let's do it. 11 and 2. Losses to Michigan and Georgia. Pretty impressive. 8 and 1 in the Big Ten. Um, yeah, I mean they took uh they took Georgia down to to the wire. Wide left field goal. Otherwise, they're playing the natty. So Ohio State, nothing to sneeze at. What do you got on them? Yeah, they uh they, you know, second highest scoring offense with 44 a game. 
CJ Stroud finishes like in all time leader categories, pretty much top to bottom or damn close. Or sorry, second all time. He's like right behind JT Barrett and almost anything. Um, defense is going to be under the second year Jim Bowles. Brian Hartline got promoted to offensive coordinator after already being passing game coordinator. Um, and we just talked about a solid running back duo. Now you got Travion Henderson and Mine Williams. They combined for just under 1,400 yards and 21 tutties. And then you have that quarterback uh, battle right now that we just talked about. Kyle McCord has got 12 games under his belt and one start from 2021. So you'd think that Kyle McCord has got a leg up, but Brian Day keeps saying that they're not doing the wrong things. They just have not stood out from one another. So still we, don't, we still don't know. They also got another quarterback, Tristan Gibbia from Oregon State, probably going to be the third or fourth guy. Um, Lincoln Kineholtz, he was a former Washington commit. He's, uh, you know, impressing there, I guess you could say. So he'll probably be three or four battle for that spot. The offensive line, that unit, from what I've read on about camp is hot and cold, not really impressing uh, or performing that well. So, you know, Buckeye fans can chirp at me if they want, but um, they're they're trying to replace uh, Dewan Jones and uh, uh, Paris Johnson, both through tackles. So they're going to have some new guys up front, and uh, they're going to have to go up against some really good pass rushers this year. Um, and then for losses, C.J. Stroud, J.S.N., and then two offensive linemen I just talked about. They get corner Davison Agbino-son from Ole Miss. He played in 13 games last year, 37 total tackles, five pass defense. Um, he was looking to be a Michigan guy or deciding between Michigan and Ohio State, you know, and Ohio State. They get uh, a new place kicker from USC, Parker Lewis, uh, 74% field goal percentage there. And uh, I only wrote that down because the whole Noah Ruggles thing. Uh, they got defensive back Jahad Carter from Syracuse, three seasons, 136 tackles, five picks. And as I hand it off to you for the schedule, 10 and a half over under. So it's really, do you have them beating? Do you have them going on a feed or not? That's really what it comes down to, right? Yeah, but there is just one looming game that uh, they face early on that I wouldn't be seeing, I wouldn't be surprised if they trip up, but I wouldn't be surprised if they beat them. So week one, they're at Indiana. They should take care of that one pretty easily. You'll see the target practices. Um, you'll get to see the showcase of whoever's at quarterback. Week two, Youngstown State Penguins, they'll smoke them. Week three, Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, they'll smoke them. Uh, week four, though, September 23rd at night. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Michigan plays at night this week, too, don't they? Don't they play Bowling Green by chance? Do you know? Um, it's kind of weird because usually Michigan and Ohio State don't both don't play at night. Or do they play the 16th at night, maybe? Maybe that's hmm. what it is. I don't know. But so you got uh, Ohio State at Notre Dame. I know you've talked about this one. This one's going to be on Peacock. I think that this is a, this is a barn burner, man. Last year at Ohio State, this was, that was a barn burner. Both teams are going to have a couple games under their belt. Let's just, for funsies here, let's take a look at who Notre Dame is going to play the first three. Week zero, they play Navy. Navy yep. Okay. Then they're going to play the Tennessee State Tigers. Then they're at NC State. Then they have Central Michigan. So they're going to play four games. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Then they play Ohio State. Dude, it is shaping up that Notre Dame could be well oiled by then. I, I want to see what Notre Dame looks like through the first couple before I really make a, a an honest opinion here. But I don't think that this is just an automatic win for Ohio State. Um, home against Maryland, they should take care of business. At Purdue, should take care of business. Home against Penn State, man, that's another very tough one for Ohio State. In years past, this is probably an, almost an automatic win. But Penn State on the come up, that'll be fun. Uh, at Camp Randall, at night, that spells dangerous. Shouldn't be, but it could be. Never know. At Rutgers, home against Michigan State, who they've obliterated for like 10 years running. Um, home against Minnesota, and then at Michigan. Last time they played at Michigan, 2021. You know the results there. Uh, that'll be, no matter what the record is, that'll be a fun game. But, yeah, Ohio State, man, this doesn't feel like what it was last year where we're just calling W's out. W, 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 W. Right. I think there's a couple of challenges here. I think at Notre Dame's a challenge. I think home against Penn State's a challenge. I I'm intrigued by Wisconsin. I do think they probably win that. And then at Michigan, obviously, is a big challenge. I, I can't remember the last time that Ohio State had a season where it's like they'll struggle with three of their games. That, that's just never the case. So I do think that there's value in betting the under on the ten and a half. Yeah, so I think their floor is nine, their ceiling is eleven. Um, you you hit you had the over under. Do you happen to have the money value or no? I do not. Oh, okay. Do not. But um, with that Notre Dame game, I think that could potentially be an instant classic. Sam Hartman, Notre Dame's quarterback, who came from Wake Forest, um, damn near fourteen thousand yard passing and one hundred ten touchdowns. So you know, I made that case last week, and we brought you brought up the the uh, John O'Corn incident but you know he's he's got stats on paper and uh again both these programs are going to be you know touchy-feely on and feeling out what their quarterback play is going to be like at this point you know maybe maybe not but it's gonna be their first true test um that penn state game like i said uh, for the penn state preview like where we're in august now but where's their quarterback situation going to be then uh the wisconsin at camp randall Last time Wisconsin beat Ohio State at Camp Randall was in 2010. Uh, they're 9-0 versus Rutgers, probably going to be 10-0. and Ohio State has outscored Rutgers the last three games, 150-50. to <clears throat> Michigan State, that's going to be a win. You just, they just do not have the weapons to keep up with Ohio State, assuming Ohio State is at least a, a sliver of what they've been the last two years. And then for the Michigan game, I, I just think that's – I think this is going to be probably the rowdiest a Michigan crowd has ever been. If Michigan is, I mean, God forbid, losing to Penn State or somewhere down uh, before here, but if Michigan is undefeated, regardless of what Ohio State is, Ohio State could be, you know, two-win season. And I think this is going to be the loudest the big house is ever going to be. Um, But I, I really think that it's going to be between 9 and 11 wins. And like I said a little bit earlier, we can't just assume Ohio State just plugs and plays the quarterback room forever. And we've seen how 2011 went. You know, Braxton Miller comes in as a freshman, and they were damn near dead last of pass efficiency. So, and, you know, they win six games, lose their bowl game. I think the Florida that year, six and seven was overall. But, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Are we going to see Joe Bowserman 
out there for the first couple of games? Or are we going to see, you know, Justin Fields? Yeah, a second ago, I did say there was probably value in betting under. There's unfortunately, they're not. They, uh, the odd payouts are exactly the same on the over and the under here, uh, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Because the chances of Ohio State only winning 10 games feels low. But um, they are minus 113 on the under and minus 113 on the over. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I don't. I just don't want to – I don't want to constantly come off as a hater. Like, obviously, I hate Ohio State. I wish they'd lose every game. But, like, I don't have an issue with telling you that I think they'll obliterate somebody. Mm. I don't think at Notre Dame, home against Penn State, and at Michigan are gimme games, especially when two of them are on the road. Mm. And they have at Wisconsin. And, again, they remain to be seen. I don't want to just hype Wisconsin up. I know you're a little higher on them than I am, but – uh, Camp Randall at night with with what could be a pretty solid team. <laughs> Never know. Right. If it, if Ohio State was plus money to finish under, it might be worth a value bet there. But yeah. as of right now, it's like yeah, coin flip. Not doing Michigan today. We'll save that. Uh, anything else on the East? In as we uh, as we sit here. Not really. They're just uh, I could talk sports with you all day, but I'm just uh, I'm just really happy that the season's here. Duh. But um, you know, next week Michigan um, breaking that down with you. We got, that's gonna be action packed episode. Probably gonna go for a long time, and uh, I'm, that's not a complaint. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, a couple more things here. Uh, just quick opinions on some week zeros. Navy at Notre Dame. Sorry. Navy versus Notre Dame. This game is going to be played in Dublin, Ireland. Opinions on that game, Notre Dame? Yeah, I did. I did. However, I have a uh, I had a free free bet via FanDuel, so uh, it's still open right now because I I parlayed it with the UFC fights this last weekend and uh, some baseball and college football. So uh, it's like five bucks to win a hundred. Um, but uh, I took the under on this matchup. It's fifty and a half. It's 15 and a half as the under meaning total points. Total points over under is 15 and a half. Oh, 50. Yes. Oh, you said 15. I'm like, bro, that's a bad bet. No. no, no, no. <laughs> no uh, I was like, why is it that low? 15 and a half. It's, it's the first game of the year for Notre Dame. And I hate watching Michigan play academies. And they're, they're in a tough outs. And, um, you know, they're going to squeeze the air out of the ball. The time of possession is going to be huge, obviously. So um, yeah, I got I got the under. I think Notre Dame's gonna win, but uh, I got the under. Uh, not that the game's gonna be that crazy, but the reigning, defending, undisputed Heisman Trophy winner Caleb Williams in town. Um, number six USC hosts San Jose State. They kick their season off. They're gonna obviously win. Opinions on Caleb Williams potentially getting a second straight Heisman? Yeah, very very possible. The over under on this game is sixty six. Um, so, you know, I don't think USC's defense is going to be all that great this year, but it doesn't matter. They're still going to blow out San Jose State at least, and uh, it'll be big. I probably really, I'll probably, I mean, that's the APM. We'll stop, but we'll probably still be drafting or at least finishing up. So I'll probably throw that on there right when uh, kickoff hits. But, uh, you know, if I what? had to guess, we'd probably be waxing Corey at that point. 
Um, so earlier in the pod, I did mention that there are some exclusive Peacock games this year. I actually found the list. Okay. Uh, I thought I knew this one, but I didn't want to say because I wasn't 100% sure. The very first Peacock exclusive is Saturday, September 2nd, Eastern Carolina at Michigan. That is a Peacock exclusive for opening day for Michigan, so interesting there. Um, week two, it's Delaware at Penn State Peacock exclusive. So not really um, big-time matchups, more or less just big-time teams playing. Mm-hmm. Week three, we got two games in a row, one of them big, one of them just a big name. Uh, Central Michigan at Notre Dame, you get the Notre Dame game there. And then the second one there, I think this is a pretty big game. This is Washington at Michigan State. We just talked Michigan State could be 3-0 and here or 2-0. and Yeah, 2-0. and And then obviously playing uh, Washington, who's ranked. And then here's the thing. Penn State gets an exclusive game with Iowa still, mm-hmm. Ohio State, and Wisconsin, and then three additional Peacock games. We already talked. We think one of them is Michigan Michigan State night game there. That could be a Peacock exclusive. Uh, Basically what I'm telling you, if you're a Big Ten fan, you root for Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, you you probably might want to invest in a couple bucks in Peacock. Probably not be a bad idea. Enjoy it it this season at least while you can because I would assume that $4.99 or $5.99, whatever it is, it's eventually probably going to be in like 10, 15 in a couple years. Yeah, and if you're not familiar, it's very easy to add for a week and and just cut it. Or even, I mean, literally, if you bought it in September and you kept it just for football, you'd you'd pay what twenty bucks. I mean, it's not that much. So, uh, Peacock to to exclusively stream games featuring seven of the top twenty-five teams and five of the top thirteen: Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Washington, Notre Dame, Wisconsin and iowa as of today so they're definitely excited about it obviously uh, i do think peacock's a good watch i don't know how much you watch sunday Night football in there i usually watch it sunday Night football on peacock in my bedroom when i'm going to bed uh it's a pretty solid watch so no complaints there anything else we talked harbaugh the new peloton deal with michigan we talked manzel we talked the east we talked some streaming deals um, talked a little Ohio State for you Buckeyes out there. Uh, man, anything else? Well, we, we talked about it for a split here second before we started recording, but uh, one of the best offensive minds in the game, Shane, uh, Rich Rodriguez, is taking on UTEP at 530 on Saturday. He is the new head coach at Jacksonville State. Went 9-4 and four last season, so watch out. He's on the come up. <laughs> oh boy oh. for those of you all right so for so for you guys are like what the hell are you talking about so again what we always mention in our fantasy football league all the time here but like our boy shane is very opinionated and so am i so am i but in our in our fantasy football chat somehow got brought up about rich rodriguez i don't even remember why but all I, I got prepped six since you don't remember okay. first off shane is a very pessimistic michigan fan almost and, worse than dan Dan's come and uh, come around and seen the light a little bit. Shane's is still like that, um, but he is one thousand percent live or die Detroit Lions. <laughs> yes, and he was defending Dan Campbell as being a better head football coach than Rich Rodriguez. Take it away. 
So all I said was that Rich Rodriguez was a good offensive mind. And then he went on the thing about where Pat White, he lived off the, the coattails of Pat White. Well, and then Steve I just Slayton. And Steve Slayton. So I decided to defend Rich Rodriguez, which I never thought I'd ever do in my lifetime. And I said, well, you know, the whole Rich Rodriguez, Michigan thing is a whole other story. The backdoor deals going on and didn't get any help while he was in Ann Arbor. Anyways, that's beside the point. But I also defended him when he went to Arizona. Had at least a three, four year stretch there where he was making noise, beat Oregon at, at their height a few times, beat a couple other ranked teams. And all I said was, he's a great offensive mind, good offensive mind, whatever. And, uh, but yeah, Shane was throwing the hammer down on that. And uh, we were, we weren't getting personal, but we were, I, you know, I, I called him a few names and whatever, but that's just me, you know, busting balls. But uh, yeah, we we're going back and forth. But again, I did something I never thought I'd do, and that was um, pump up Rich Rodriguez. Yes. Have you happened to look over, only because we're here, we're bullshit at this point. Have you happened to look over the week one matchups? Uh, yeah, kind of. They're not good. Like from top, like all from around the whole, all the conferences and whatnot. There's one ranked matchup, okay? Yeah. And it's Sunday night, Labor Day weekend, but it is Sunday night, okay? But there is not another ranked matchup. The ranked one is LSU versus Florida, okay? Mm -hmm. But legitimately, all the ranked teams. They don't play anybody. North Carolina, South Carolina is arguably the best game. I'll give you one. Um, I just freaking seen it. Where the hell is it at? So um, it's technically next Thursday. So it is, I guess, on the fence of uh, week zero, week one, whatever you want to call it. I would say it's probably week one. But um, Florida at Utah. I think that has potential. Yeah, no, I agree that I do like that. That's fun. Florida, Utah's fun. Um, but really, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, really. Outside of that, I, that's all I got. Yeah. Okay. Here, here's one, and this okay. will probably this will probably be game day if I had to guess. Colorado at TCU. Okay. Strictly for storyline purposes. Right. Deion Sanders in Colorado head to TCU, who is a Final Four team. That feels like that feels like a big time matchup. But man, there's not much here. No, I'll probably for for personal bias, I'll probably I'll probably trip in on the Toledo Illinois game. That's that no, seven. No, you no you won't. Why? You'll be at the game. Michigan game? Yeah, you'll be at the Michigan game. Well, what I mean game? that's it's at noon. I'll be I'll be on the road by then. What the, what game are you talking about? Toledo uh, at Illinois or did I say Oh, the 7:30? Yeah. Yeah, that's fun in Big 10 country in Toledo area. That's a fun right. game. I'll, yeah, I'll give you that. Right. Um yeah, and then right Sunday, LSU Florida State, not too bad yeah, then. Yeah. That was the best game. Yeah. But that's a Sunday night. Yeah. Like at that point, I mean, and then obviously Clemson plays Monday. Is it just me or has Clemson played Labor Day weekend on Monday night now for like five straight years? Have they? I haven't noticed. I, I think they have. It's like hmm. a new tradition. They open up on Monday night on Labor Day weekend. Interesting. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm completely overthinking this, but I think I'm right. But I don't know. 
I just think they have. It feels like they have at least. They they played on September fifth last year at Georgia Tech. That was a Monday. Yeah. What about the year before? I think I'm I think I'm on to something here. They played Georgia at prime time on a Saturday that year. On that was a Saturday night. Twenty twenty was a Saturday. Night twenty nineteen was a Thursday against Georgia Tech. Okay, never mind. I'm wrong. I knew nope. they played last year, so I guess I was just fresh in my mind. But yeah, they have been playing on weird nights to start the year, though. Thursdays, Mondays, whatever. But... Yeah. All right. Anything else, my man? Nope. That's it, buddy. I'll uh, we'll talk next week. Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll see you Saturday, where the bush light peaches will be flowing, uh, as they are now. Okay. Um, we'll talk a little Michigan next week. Uh, lots of things planned for next week's pod. It'll probably be a long one, like Dan said. Hopefully, you guys are intrigued. Um, I can't wait. Michigan is on the horizon. We're literally 10 days away from kickoff. Um, that's what we live for. So, 15-0 and 0 natty or bust season is pending. Soon to start. We're out. Go Blue. Go Blue.